Yeah, I got skills. Shut up. They're multiple. I, uh, <laughs> oh, jeez, why are you in control. All the power. Come on, come on, Ed. Y'all supply. I know I did visit. Um, hey, be a team in, player. Into our senior but I, can't, I literally player. can't remember it. Have a crack. What we seen? You got to tape up. Oh yeah, no, that bit. Because you need a man. Come oh, on, Ed. Oh. Yeah, catching the mind. We're good. Yes, yeah, mate. Fellas, how are we, mate? Very well. Dan, Ed, welcome. Thanks for having us. Nice mate. and comfortable, Ed. I'm so comfortable. I've been waiting for this all day. <laughs> I had too many vinos last night, and I've been battling a headache all day. So this is exactly where I need to be. Perfect. I know. So there's a good place to start. There's a good place to start. <laughs> so boys, the topic we'll be going over today is uh, conversation starter. And I think it sits pretty well with you boys. And I think in general, I think it, all, all it takes is to start a conversation with someone. If they're struggling, you know, just just get, get a conversation out there. And through that, you know, you can make a world of difference to, you know, to someone that may be going through something where they believe that they're only going through that themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Mate, we, um, we're actually talking about this on the way over here. At the last podcast we were on, um, someone reached out directly to our, um, our charity um, after they'd heard that podcast. So we're like, yeah. all worth it. Someone who had a suicide plan. Yeah. And, yeah. And, how, and how did you guys take that, knowing that you had such a positive impact on, you, on, on someone who's in such a negative headspace? It's kind of a hard one to kind of take because obviously it's great. Like, obviously it's fantastic and that's exactly what we want. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, sometimes it can actually be lost on you, the impact mm. that you make when you put yourself out there and you have these kinds of conversations. But as you say, the power of a conversation is a simple thing to do and it can make an amazing difference in someone's life. Mm. In, in a lot of cases, you'll never know the power that, that it has and the difference that it can make. So... Just have faith that you put yourself out there and you do the right thing and it can really help people. Exactly right. And I guess where I want to start with this, with this episode along the lines of conversation starter is um, how you guys met. I, I believe you guys met like a construction site. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we did. We wanna... both, we've got an incredible story of how we yep. met, to be honest. And we've both got a really crazy story from each side of how we actually ended up being on the building site that we were on. Did we go down you that? Go, oh, come on, let's well, let's share the perspective. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I was, um, I'd been at Pippa for you know probably seven years, I think, at that point. I'd been subcontracting. Um, I'd had a knee injury, had a knee reconstruction. Yep. Um, I was off work for six months, claimed income protection, got nailed by the tax man because I didn't pay tax on that insurance money, and so I was in like a deep, pretty kind of deep hole myself, financially and emotionally. Mm. Uh, but I'd been cruising around, subcontracting for a couple of different people, not having much luck with people that I was working for. I just really wanted to work for someone who gave as much of a fuck about me. Are we allowed to swear on this? Right. So and it's just like as raw as possible. As what I give about doing a good job. But <laughs> after I'd had my knee reconstruction, I was cruising around trying to look for work and mm. I was um, driving into building sites around the Barton area and I'd stop in at every construction site and... Um, grab the number off the site fence and call the builder. Mm. One builder I called, I was like, um, yeah, mate, you know, I'm just looking for looking for work. Whatever he said, oh, mate, you know, I don't have any work for you right now, but um, I'll keep your number. And if something comes up, I'll give you a call. Fast forward a year, I'd worked for a heap of different builders. I'd felt like I'd gone through the ringer. I was doing a weekend job, a cash job with one of my mates, Kingy. And um, we were, it was a Sunday. We're doing a deck around a pool. And I was talking to Kingy. I was like, mate, I just can't keep doing what I'm doing, like working for the bloke that I'm working for. I don't know where I'm heading with mm. this. I don't know what I want to do with my life. Like, I don't want, you know what I mean? Like, I just want to work for someone good who just gives a shit. Yep. We had this whole conversation the Sunday afternoon 
and my phone rang as soon as we'd finished that conversation. And it was Luke, the guy who I'd called a year earlier, the one builder who said he'd keep my number and he'd call me if something came up. No way. Year later. And I was just like, well, fuck me. If that's not a sign, I'm like, yes. What is? Yeah, Yeah. I will definitely take this job and have a start. So a couple of weeks later, I, um, yeah, I did a couple of days trial at a job in Chapel Hill. And this bloke was there. And when I rocked up, I'd never seen anything like this because he can tell you his side, but he was fresh off a stint wrangling cattle in Central West Queensland and sounded like a complete cowboy. So this behemoth over here. Yeah, well, me, um, my journey. So I was working in the Territory in 2000 and, yeah, it was 2014. Um, Yeah, so I was like a leading hand to stock camp up there. And like, yeah, I was loving it. Um, But then I came down to the Ecker, um, had a math, like a mad party. I was like, fuck, all my mates are down here. I'm like, I'm sleeping in swags. I'm I'm wasting my life. Fuck this, I'm leaving. Yep. Put my two weeks notice in, moved down to Brisbane. And um, I was like, it was, yeah, whatever it was, like August, yeah, August, September. So it was September when I moved down. And I was like, um, I'll just get into like agri sales. um, And yeah, I'll just cruise along. So I was just laboring, waiting for this job to come up. I got a job offer to go move up to Townsville. And I was like, no, no, no. I just moved to Brisbane. I'm like, not moving to Townsville. And then um, anyway, I was doing labouring and labouring for a, um, my, my mate's um, boss. He was in Graceville. And anyway, um, it was sort of drying up. And like my mate, Harry Hawker, was living with a couple of my other mates. He went to Toowoomba yep. randomly for this 21st. And um, he comes back on the Sunday afternoon. I walked in to um, their house. And I was like, hey, you going, He's like, yeah, mate, good. He's like, oh, do you want an apprenticeship? I was like, nah, fuck that. I was like, I do not want an apprenticeship. He's like, well, you're laboring anyway. He's like, you may as well just go labor for this bloke. I was like, who is it anyway? He's like, oh, well, um, I ran into Jack Bailey on the weekend at this 21st. And for the life of me, I still have got no idea why Bailey would fucking tell Hawksey what happened to him, right? And he, um, Bailey said to Hawksey, he's like, oh, I got a pocket doll from um, my boss this week. And I rang him back and he's like, oh, sorry, yeah. Um, so this is the other boss. So there was two in this business. Yeah, right. Mark and Luke. So my, I, he had Luke and Mark was this side. And Mark pocket dialed him. So Bailey rang him back and was like, oh, like, what do you want? He's like, oh, no, sorry, it was a pocket doll. He's like, oh, well, I got you on the phone. He's like, um, are you, like, have you got an apprenticeship yet? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm working for another guy. He's like, well, if you know anyone looking for an apprenticeship, let me know we're hiring. Fuck, no way. Yeah. So if he didn't pocket dial you. Yeah, he, well, he pocket dialed a mate of a mate. And then so that mate told my mate at a party, fuck, why would you tell? That's not a story you tell people. Jesus. You'll right? never believe what happened to me. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I pocket dialed a bloke. Anyway, so then Hawksy comes back and he's like, oh, well, he might as well labor for him. And I remember when I rang um, Bat, I was on the back deck at my house at Red Hill. That's a fucking shithole house. I rang him up and I was like, yeah, g'day, mate, blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, um, happy to come out and, and you know work for you or whatever. And he's like, yeah, yeah, come out. Met him on the first day. And at the end of that first week, they're like, yeah, we'll sign you up. I was like, well, well fuck, that's it then. So, oh, what, what was that? 2000, end of 2014. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, signed up. And then that was that was the beginning of the fucking end. And we were both green. Like, we were both obviously freshies in that company. Yeah, brand, I was, brand spankers, I was yeah. a few years out of my apprenticeship as a tradie. And he was first day of his apprenticeship type thing. And um, they kind of just stuck us together. They're like, oh, we'll put the two new guys together. Fuck it. And I was like, well... Oh, my man, like I'm from Sydney. He's from Central West Queensland. I, I've never heard anything like this bloke. I don't know if I'm going to put up with this. But it turns <laughs> out that we just both had it a just common love. Well. Jim Carrey, like a lot of. I was, I was I was going to bring that up. Yeah. I did I did read in your blurb mm. um, on trademark that you guys have 
um, quite a bit of a fetish for yeah, Dumb and Dumber. We do. We a couple do. of fetishes, I yeah. think. <laughs> I was also going to bring up as well, kind of fast forward into 2018, um, where's your mate, Dan, who um, unfortunately you lost. Mm, yeah. What was that process like? That happened in 2015. 2015. So Trademark was founded in 2018. Um, yeah, I lost my mate Dan to suicide in 2015. So that was my first experience with suicide. Yeah. Um, obviously, it was a fucking shock. Um, and not only that, the range of emotions that come with it is mm-hmm. like unlike anything I've ever experienced before. Um, like a roller coaster. Um, and Ed and I, it's like, oh, this is something we talk about a bit. We both experienced that in a different way. So he yep. wasn't a mate of Ed's. He was. I never met him. He was one of my best mates, one of the first mates that I made when I moved to Brisbane. Came like a brother. Um, so, yeah, obviously it rocked me, but we were working so closely at the time. In the first, I don't know, the month after it happened, I just would like burst out in tears randomly on the site, mm. walking around thinking about it. And so he experienced it in a different way to what I did. He was obviously like... I had to try and fucking make my mate feel better without quite, knowing what the fuck to do. So you, a, yeah, so support you, network. So in, in this scenario, you were kind of deemed as a rock. Well, so I, well, I was well. I sort of, I would say so. Yes, had to be weirdly because it was just he and I at work every yeah. day. So it was just like if I wasn't, yeah. But like I don't even remember what we even did. Like I remember we were just, I think we were just mm-hmm. trying to make ourselves laugh and fucking take our mind off it, and probably a few yeah. afternoon schooners. And it's interesting. Like it's something I'm, I want to read up more on and be educated more on. But like I believe that if you're um, addicted to something or like you're majorly into something, you yeah, can't, it, it you it always substituted for something else. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I know a lot of people that were like, well, not a lot of people, like I know of people that like do not, like they used to fucking love drinking and partying. They just don't drink at all anymore. And now they've just substituted that for something completely different, whether or not it be fucking mountain biking or fucking canoeing or, you know what I mean? Like they just substitute one addiction to another. another. It's there's, interesting. There's definitely better addictions than others. Some are obviously no, no, better I, than others. I know, but it is interesting yeah. in regards to... But it's still it, an addiction regardless. Yeah, 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 there's still another thing that needs to be done. I don't know whether or not that mm. is blanketed rule across all people, but like I do notice that as a trend. You know, if someone gives something up here, yeah, like it's, you know, um, people that like to party a lot, then they get into triathlons. You know what I mean? And all of a sudden they're fucking, you know what I mean? Like they've got to do triathlons all the time. And yeah, they're training for triathlons all the time. I guess we all have an addiction then because we're all addicted to the phone. I don't know anyone who's gone a day without scrolling through Facebook Mate, unless you've completely deleted it. Listen to this, right? So the average amount of scrolling, this is on that Shopify meetup thing yesterday. I forgot to say this. So the average amount that people scroll through news feeds on their phone every week is the height of the Eiffel Tower. Can you fucking believe that? Wait, hang on. The, the average is the average person? Yeah, so the average social so media. So ju- just average. Yeah, just average is is the is the height of the Eiffel Tower, is how, how much you scroll through news feeds every week. So can you imagine how much content that is? That is fucking unbelievable. Do you know how high the Eiffel Tower is? Let's have a look. Because... It'd be so much easier if they were just like, everyone's scrolling 50 metres. <laughs> Eiffel Tower. I suppose the Eiffel Tower is an iconic um, you know, thing. So but the interesting thing is, like, how much of that information do we actually take in? No. Nothing. 300 metres. Is that? Or 324 metres to the tip. To the tip. Is that, is that when, when or when not aroused? Oh, not, yeah, it depends if it's a cool day or a hot day. <laughs> it gets a bit chilly in Paris. Um, but yeah, there you go. 320 meters. That's interesting. That's unbelievable, isn't it? Mm. I 
long long way. So yes, addiction. We are all addicted to something. Yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And going on with the suicide again, having you know the effect that it had on you, yeah. and obviously Dan, Ed took it completely differently. What led you on to starting up Trademark? Well, we had, I mean, you know what it's like working on site. You talk a fair bit of shit with the boys all day, every day. Yeah, um, to get you through. Yeah, to get you through. That's um, and that's part of what we love about it. But um, yeah, we just talk about ideas and things we could do and whatever. And we just thought one of those was, gee, it'd be good if there was some different workwear. Mm. Um, you know, we're wearing the same khaki shit to work or, you know, orange, yellow high-vis. There was no variety. We thought surely there's got to be something else out there. We thought it couldn't be done. Yeah, we thought it couldn't be done. We thought, we thought if it surely could be done, why isn't done anyone it doing this? Like that's what we were just like. Hive is give it a crack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so we didn't really action that. That was that was really before Dan had taken his life that we talked about mm. the workwear thing. Um, in the year following that, we started to explore the idea of the workwear. About a year later, I think it was, didn't we? Well, um, we had, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we sort of, we wanted to have a crack at something. We were doing cashies together on the weekend. Um, we were working sort of seven days a week for like three-month blocks. Then we'd have a couple of weekends off and yep. work again. And we were just saving. And we thought, well, you know, instead of pissing this money up against the wall, we thought, well, let's just put our heads together and we'll save it together and maybe we can do something together. Um, and so we started to explore the idea of the work where started asking questions um, of people, met some people along the way, learned about this idea of social enterprise and using profit for purpose. It was not a business model that we were familiar with. Yeah. We were just like, I remember the first time someone told me that or told us that I was just like, that is a no brainer. You know what I mean? I was like, that business model is a fucking no brainer. So like to unpack that, like the solar business where you can make money and make a positive impact at the same time. Like why isn't everyone doing that? Yeah. Um, you know, like, cause the, the idea that, yeah, like business in itself isn't bad, but you can make it better. If that makes sense. You know sure. what I mean? So we started to explore that. We thought this is cool. We started to work with designers to try and get some designs done, which was a process in itself. Um, yeah. Met a bloke who was in the workwear manufacturing who connected us with a, a factory in China. I was going to say, how did you get this whole fucking process going? We, Mate, okay, it, so it, Literally everything was from putting ourselves out there yeah. and just being like, go and have a pint with someone and be like, this is what we're doing. And he's like, that's fucking cool. You need to talk to this person. Be like, righto. So we go and meet with that person. Lead and they're the like, next, you go to, to this next. person. Yeah. It's literally just a fucking, a zigzag. Yeah, the daisy chain. Oh, it yeah. literally is. Like so many people are like, oh, you know, what, how do you, you know, how do you get into it? What's the process? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, there is, there's no process. It's just, you got to fucking get out there and meet people and just understand what goes on. Cause mm -hmm. they just put you in touch with everyone else. Cause keep like good people introduce you to more good people. Does that make like? Does that make sense? Like they just, we just met so many unbelievable people. Because when we first came up with the idea, we're like, "Fuck it, how on earth are we going to do this? We don't know fucking anything to do with mm. any of this shit." And Me. it was just by asking people questions. We just had a um, this networking thing we just went to in the city. Mm. One of these birds was talking about. She's like, "Oh, when do you know when to quit your job and start mm. your thing?" And I was like, "Just fucking quit." I was like, "What's the downside? Mm. There's no downside." The downside is you've got to go back and get the shit job you originally had you and, want to be in. And and interestingly, yeah, just at, we were literally just there at three o'clock Savo at Irish Murphy's in Brisbane. Um, and um, she's a psychologist. She was a psychologist. And yeah, she's yeah. starting her own thing. She's doing a bit of 
psychology with AFL yep. um, Queensland. Queensland. Yeah. And we were the exact guys that she would have wanted to have met there. And then we also took a lot out of meeting a psychologist because we own a charity and we employ a psychologist. And we could <laughs> own. With, own run? Own? Well, we do own it. <laughs> no, there's nothing to own. <laughs> it's just like, we're the directors. It literally says shares zero. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. And so that she's put herself out there and met us. We've obviously put ourselves out there and met her. And hey, we could be the start hey, of the, a great new relationship, you know? Yeah. I find in the trade industry, especially going back to the whole piss take conversation type, I feel like as tradies, we have a tendency of sugarcoating a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I don't know how, how do you think we can kind of change that to, to be able, and I, I've, no, I've noticed that a lot of people are starting to, to openly talk about mental health in the trade industry, but there's still a lot of sugarcoating. And the way, and the reason why I say sugarcoating is because we, we like to take the piss out of each other. And I feel like as if we do that, because that's all we know, that's, that's the only way we can conversate between each other. Mm. How do you think we can kind of overcome that and allow ourselves to be able to talk about those bigger, you know, bigger conversations? Well, I think mm. it, it's baby steps first. Yeah. It's not going to just happen overnight. No. Uh, but it takes, I think, because if I'm correct in sort of assuming what you're talking about, there's a number of things that we talk about on site and it could be the way that tradies talk about women. It could be the way they talk about their, their, you know, drinking culture on the weekend mm. or drug taking culture that they get up to on the weekend. All a part of that all, piss take like All a part of that piss take. Um, the way we take the piss out of each other. Like it's all fun and games. And as long as everyone else around is going, Oh yeah, that's so funny. Like that's, we're enabling that behavior to continue. Right. Mm. And I've been a part of that. Ed's been a part of that. I'm sure yeah. you've been a part of oh, it yeah, too. Sure. Right. Um, and it's hard to be the one that says, hang on, boys, like, you can't talk about women like that, you know, or you can't, you know, like, when are you going to wake up to yourself? Like, you can't, like, it's hard to be that one who stands up. Yeah. Because in the pack mentality of a building site, when you're the, when you're the oily, you know, squeaky wheel, um, you know, probably the first bloke to get sacked, you know what I mean? Or you you become a target. Yeah, exactly right. So it can be, so, and that's something that is really difficult to contend with, isn't it? Because there's a lot of people out there who want change. Um, So I think it's probably about finding your circle, finding like-minded people who are open to having those conversations or changing the way they talk. Um, You know, even things as simple as like homophobic slurs on a building site, you know what I mean? Like that's been happening or since the dawn of time, but we can't be talking like that anymore because we know the impact uh, that the, the world's that has, different place. The world's now. a different place, and not only can we not talk about like that, we we should know better. Yeah. So yeah, it's a hard one, but hopefully conversations about mental health open the door to being able to have more sophisticated, more sophisticated conversations <laughs> about some of these other topics, right? Yeah. Something I've, I've noticed as well is when you actually have a one-on-one conversation with another tradie, it's different. It's so different. It's so different, man, mm-hmm. in comparison to be talking to maybe two, three, four, five people. Yeah, absolutely. So different. That's absolutely. when you can kind of talk about the, the bigger questions. Well, you get to know, you get to know blokes pretty, pretty good on job sites. Because yeah. they're, like, what, especially when you're working one-on-one, um, because yeah, it's either you're talking or you're listening to the radio. So fucking yeah. In which case you can hear triple M ads from trademark. Trademark. Yeah. Triple M. Um, yeah. To everyone tune in to triple M please. Yeah, little little sneaky sponsor. Yeah. Sneaky sponsor. Um, yeah, no, you're right. Um, the one-on-one conversations are a whole lot different. And Ed mm. and I spend so much time working one-on-one together 
we know everything about each other's family. We know everything about each other. Um, we know too much. We probably know, <laughs> we probably know too much, but yeah, in the one-on-one conversations, you do go a lot deeper when there's a whole bunch of blokes around. Yeah. Everyone sinks back 100%. to that pack mentality where it's like, righto, you know, no one wants to be the target. So the defense mechanism to that is by making someone else the target first. Yeah. Mm. Whether it's a, you know, an apprentice or, you know, someone giving someone oh. a new nickname or whatever it is. Um, yeah, it definitely is. So, yeah, we are all a part of contributing to that culture. So we all need to be a part of changing it. Mm. And, and also with, with uh, Tyax. Is it Tyax? Tyax. Fucking hell. Let's pick some tire company or something. But yeah, Tyax. What are they? What are they? You know, what do you guys do in terms of that? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a a text and call service direct to um, psychologists Monday to Friday, nine to five. So yeah, two full time psychs on Matt and Raquel. To take it back a little bit when we started. So obviously with the social enterprise thing that we're talking about with Trade Month, one of the gives is that, you know, there's some sort of a financial contribution or or a positive impact outcome, you know, from the sale of your shirts. Yeah, for sure. But we never wanted to just sell work shirts, wave the metal health flag and then donate money to Lifeline or Beyond Blue. These are fantastic services and I'm so grateful that they're around across support, but they don't necessarily appeal to the blue collar community. They don't necessarily appeal to blokes. They didn't appeal to us. Um, They definitely didn't appeal to us. And the common uh, perception is that, you know, you maybe need to be close to suicide before you call them. Whereas everyone knows that prevention is better than a cure whatever. Um, and we just looked around and thought, no, we can't just donate to these guys and then say job done. That's like not enough. We need to be providing a professional mental health support service that, you know, that is a bit more appealing to our demographic. Yeah, um, sure. And having, I don't know if you've ever been on a mental health plan. I've, I've been on two um, in my life. And the first one, when I was in my early twenties, I finally made an appointment to go see the GP um and when i was feeling like shit and i didn't go to the appointment because you know the appointment was a few days later and by that time i felt a bit better felt shit again made another appointment a few days later felt good again didn't go to the appointment finally made the third one i was like fuck it i've just got to go because now i'm going in the cycle of like kind of feeling good but you know not and so i went fluctuating yeah, yeah, yeah thinking oh no maybe i don't need it maybe i'm overreacting whatever went and did it it wasn't that bad but uh you know went and saw the doctor did the mental health plan then you know had to go find a psychologist um and i don't really help you with that either and it's like Not when you find it how do you shop for a psychologist like i don't want to look Hello. up. yeah <laughs> but the process for me basically long story short was a long period of time mm. and like from the point where i put my hand up and said i need to speak to someone to the point where i actually ended up speaking to a psychologist was a matter of months um and that's not really good enough you know if, if someone is game enough or brave enough or you know really wants to take ownership and put their hands months to get a response you, you need to get to that person straight away so there's a couple of physical barriers um preventing people from actually getting to that support but there's also some financial barriers if you want to go straight to a psychologist without the mental health plan and, and pay you know 250 bucks a session mate it's easy you can buy five cards of piss for that amount of money you know what mm-hmm. i mean like blokes are going to look at that and think well that's a better investment option. A better investment for me so yeah, TX exists to remove the physical and financial barriers to prevent people from being able to access professional mental health support. So, and yeah, one of the differentiating factors with TX is that it's obviously free and unlimited and ongoing. So you can chat to the same psychologist over and over again. One of the big issues 
for a lot of other support lines is that you got to tell your story from the start. Every time you call, you get someone different. You got to mm. go back to the drawing board and that process of having to go through it again and again and again is quite literally killing people. So yeah, it's important to give someone, to nurture someone through that process and, um, and make it a good one. Make them feel like they were heard and, and let yeah. them build a, a, a rapport with someone who can help them through some therapy. So Exactly right. Yeah. And I think it's also a good thing that you can actually have a conversation with them over the phone or via text because I think people find it very confronting opening up and sharing, you know, these true inner emotions that they're feeling and struggling with to someone they've never met before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can always just, you can always, it gets too awkward. You can always just hang up. Beep. That's it. But we, that do, but we do outreach as well with TX. So say if someone contacts TX and they, you know, have a, a, a session or a couple of sessions or whatever, and then we don't hear from them again, a couple of weeks later, one of our sites will just send them a text message. Hey, how you going? We're here. You know, is everything all good? Yep. So that outreach is a really powerful thing to allow people to know that someone cares about them. No, seriously, you guys are awesome to be able to give up so much time to ultimately, you know, give back to the community and ultimately help people go through, um, you know, bad situations and turn them into something positive. And I think for me, I find that the, the worst of the situation, you can actually gain so much positivity out of it and to be able to change the perspective of people and, and give that realisation to, to those that are struggling. We constantly Absolutely. have conversations with people who have been to rock bottom or have been through, you know, pretty crazy grief or, you know, yeah. situations. And it, doesn't define them but it definitely is the rock bottom platform for them to launch off and reach new heights that they didn't know 100%. they were capable of. yeah and that is so fucking cool you know like it's just going through that process of yeah sure i've hit rock bottom but you know once you touch the bottom you can push off yeah you know? so um we get these stories all the time so you know it's, and it's, it's just the way it is struggles stuck right no one yeah wishes anyone to be going through a hard time but i've just seen the proof in the pudding so often that those hard times can lead you on to the you know bigger and better things and new heights that you never knew never imagined were possible so yeah i'm about embracing the struggle um you know obviously asking for help um and mm. leaning on everyone those around you who you trust and knowing who your support networks are but just maintaining a belief that you know everything's impermanent um, you know, whatever it is that you're going through now isn't going to last forever, but, you know, embrace that feeling, feel that emotion, understand what it is. Yeah. Because without really experiencing that, you know, don't know. How, how do you know what, what happiness is? You know what no, I mean? How do you know what, what that actually is? So I look back now and I think I, I know where I am now. And I think about, you know, things that I've been through and, and my own story that led me from Sydney to Brisbane and the people I met and the jobs that I've had to meet this bloke, to start this thing with trademark, to have a charity and to be having this podcast now here with you. This is a, not a, not, not, you can't dream this shit up. You know, no. it's just like a crazy journey with a whole lot of challenges. Mm. Um, and yeah, in hindsight, you know, I wish someone had just told me like, just, just stick it out, you know, just embrace the challenges. Like it'll be all right. Um, you never you never look at that because obviously you've got all these hurdles that you face with along the way yeah. and then the long-term goal just seems so far mm. away mm. Mm. so yeah it's crazy it's good to it's always good to look back and reflect mm. on that because yeah yeah it really it really is defining so i was walking in eagle street a couple of weekends ago and i saw some homeless bloke on the street you know and, and a lot of us you know a lot of us guys and girls and when we're out and on the piss we have a tendency of just walking past it's, it's just what we do like we 
it's it's not enough focal point. All we're focused on is getting to Fridays before the line gets too busy. <laughs> Mate, it'd be a hell of an Uber trip from fucking Fridays back to here. My God, how much is the Uber? 25, 30 bucks. Oh, is that cool? But it, that, that's when it's not too busy. On the gateway. Uh, yeah, not, not too busy. I'd say when on peak hour, it, it, yeah, it would probably it'd be it cost nice. you a half a leg. But yeah, the story is I went up to this homeless bloke and had a 30-minute conversation with him. And he just said, like, I, I made his night. He's never had a conversation. He hasn't had a conversation with someone, you know, for a good couple of months. Um, and he was just telling me that he's got a proper heroin, um, you know, addiction. I said, he said, oh, I need some money. I said, oh, I can walk you to 7-Eleven. I can buy you something. He said, oh, I don't want food. And I'm like, mate, I can't help you. I can't help you. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling your addiction. You've got to yeah. do it yourself. And, and I just had a good conversation with him. And, you know, hopefully in those situations, obviously you can't see the end result. But through that, they might have a little click moment where they go, you know what? I need to do something about it. I've got kids. And he was saying he has his, his daughter was being looked up by, by, his, by his dad because he's in the state that he's in. All it takes is maybe a little click moment to go, shit, I really need to be there for my daughter because my, gra- my dad or her grandfather's not going to be around for long. No, no. I've got to step up. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing what, um, yeah, so many people are going through. It's um, so fucking wide and varied. It's yeah, incredible. Yeah. Yeah, you talk about um, having that conversation and just letting people know. And I look, I have honestly had an experience uh, to last week, actually that really stuck with me. We had a guy called Jared Gossens on our uh, podcast, uh, para, uh, Paralympian, blind Paralympian, long distance runner, incredible bloke. Brilliant. Um, yeah, like born completely blind, never seen a thing, like blew my mind. Which is fucking mental. Blew I, just, my mind. I, couldn't, I couldn't imagine living life without being able to say stuff. When we were talking about, he was, uh, before we did the podcast, we got him to have of yarn with our team and he was up there you know operating his laptop you know with the voice control on and all this sort of stuff and just doing it he had his guide dog um boss there and the guide dog's called boss the dog's not his boss um and he um yeah he's like you know trying to describe the color green or red or yellow to me like i you know he just doesn't know but when i picked him up from his house in Graceville, um, he came out of the car, boss came out to the car and he was feeling his way. Like I was like, I didn't want to patronize him. I like, like, I was like, you know, what do I, you know, do you want me to give you a hand? Or he's like, no, no, I got it. He's like feeling his way around the car. He could feel the front, well, he had a door, but he didn't know if it was the front oh, door or the like, back door. So like Braille sort of? Well, yeah, just feeling his way. And then he went to the bonnet and then realized that now the door he had was the front door. So, you know, went to the back door, opened the back door through his bag in there, went back to the front door, opened it, got boss in, climbed in. I was like, self-awareness. I'm like, this is like a clinic in self-awareness. Um, and to me, self-awareness is like, yeah, obviously aware of being aware of your physical, you know, presence and what's around you and, you know, mm. all that sort of stuff. But also self-awareness for me is so important emotionally. They're having the ability to, you know, be in tune with where you are at emotionally. But then when we pulled up to our um, warehouse, got out of the car, and boss was following me to the door of the office, and I took like five steps, and I was wearing these pluggers, and he, very fancy if I do say myself. Yeah, and he goes, he said to me, "Oh, Dan, are those uh, are those boots um, approved workplace health and safety?" And I turned around and I looked at him and I was like, obviously, Jesus, is this bloke fucking serious? Is he actually blind? (laughs) 
just stitching you up. But he could obviously he, he could flip flapping he, around. But I wasn't really walking too hard, but he could hear the thongs um just enough to know what they were. And he was he's a funny prick. He was making a joke. But actually I thought about it and what he it wasn't about the joke. He was letting me know that even though he was blind, he was aware of me. He could he 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 could figure me out. He knew about my physical presence, even though he couldn't see me. And it was just his way of letting me know that he was aware. And I just thought, fuck me, that's so cool. Because yeah, it might have been a joke to him, but he was actually letting me know that he sort of he he could get something about me, even though he couldn't see me. So obviously he'd be picturing like a very fine specimen, like just obviously god godlike yeah. creature. Obviously, but it just got me thinking. That was his way of letting me know that he that he could tell that I was, you know, yeah, about insane. me. But got me to thinking like what what is it that we're doing to let other people around us know that we are aware of them, you know, in a physical sense and an emotional sense. Because for a guy like that who's blind, that's a big thing, like to let me know that he knew that I was wearing thongs. I'm like, what are we doing in our day-to-day lives on site when we're connecting with other tradies just to connect with them a little bit deeper to mm. let them know that even though we're working together or whatever our relationship may be, I'm prepared to sort of connect with you on a bit of a deeper level and build that sort of level rapport. of yeah, rapport where, where, where you know, there's a deeper connection. And then when it, that's when it comes back to the idea of what I just said before, taking two or three minutes out of your day to have a conversation with someone to talk about that stuff. If you've got Absolutely. a blind bloke who's, who's, who's picking up your pluggers, exactly. I think you can manage to do that. And that's exactly my point. I'm like, yeah. And it's just asking people, it's not, oh, you look a bit depressed or you seem a bit depressed, you know, what's wrong? It's like, no, like, you know, if you've got brothers and sisters, or like, you know, what school did you go to? Like, like, like getting to know people, you know, for who they are. What do you like to do outside of work? Exactly. It's, like, it's not just work. It's like we can connect with people. You make that connection. That person is far more likely to, you know, open up to you mm. um, knowing that you've made the effort to connect with them. 100%. Um, so that's the key. Effort. Talking about conversation starters, the key is actually getting to know people and connect, not just talking willy-nilly about mental health it's like yeah. making that deep connection because that's where it will make an impact you can't have this expectancy where like people are just going to open up to you straight away you've got to just make them feel comfortable and slowly but surely these conversations will pop up absolutely thank you very much fellas for being here today no worries brother thank i was gonna you. i was gonna go back to the uh the dumb and dumber yeah, um cool. fetish that you guys have um i've picked a specific scene i was gonna get one of you boys to play harry and lloyd I want to test. I want to test the knowledge and see if it's still there. See if the uh, it might be a bit rusty, but we'll see how we go. Mark. Yeah. Is that what you're gonna go? Yeah. How did yeah. you know? Bird. Yeah. 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 Mocking bird. Don't everybody have you heard? Have you heard? She's gonna buy me a mocking bird. Mocking bird. I've done that a few times. <laughs> But yeah, no, thanks for having us, mate. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I, mean, doing I know, you, know you guys have a big, busy schedule, so I really appreciate taking the time to no be on my podcast. No Anytime. Worries. It's always worthwhile when we could just impact one life. Thanks, mate. And I'll, I'll leave all your details in the link below. Yep, 100%. Um, exactly what you said, man. Like if, if I can get one view where, you know, potentially someone's just listening to this and going, shit, what is this? And you know, hopefully they might be able to find relatability with some things that they've been going through and, and through that, they might be able to, you know, reach reach new heights and ultimately allow themselves to heal and feel better in the long run. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely.
Thanks, guys. Well, this has been um, Couch in the Mind, Clear in the Mind when Couch took it at a time. And this is episode nine. Yep. And I've had Ed and Dan from Braidmart. Thanks, been a Brad. pleasure. Cheers. Guys, uh, reach out to me if you ever need anything. And as always, um, have a good rest of the week.